You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. We are coming to you. That's right. This is not the shoulder strikes. I know you people out there are like, wait, what? You don't hear the UFC music. You're a little confused. Yes, we do do sports from time to time, ladies and gentlemen, and we like to whenever we have the time. I just, you know what? Honestly, the MMA has taken precedent uh, of recent because it's just there's always something to talk about. And we have two shows of that a week. It's kind of, you know, we only have so much time in the day, ladies and gentlemen. But again... We are here. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone, as always. Ty, how are you feeling? A rough weekend for your LSU Tigers, but a good weekend for the Eagles, and uh, you know, not not so much for the gamblers out there. Yeah, I did okay, but uh, the Eagles, like I was trying to tell people that this game is probably going to be a lot closer than the line suggests, and uh, it was. It was uh, another close victory for the Birds. Not, I mean, listen, you don't get style points for uh, for wins, so we're four zero. I mean, can't really complain. Uh, about that on the surface, but there are definitely are things to uh, question, I guess. For sure. Um, but um, I'm feeling good though. It's it's nice out. It's a little windy. Finally, uh, it feels and looks amazing outside. So uh, I'm here for the fall weather. So I guess since we haven't been really, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about the Eagles thus far. I mean, we haven't had a sports pod in, in a little bit. So I guess we should kind of just discuss how you feel overall about the Eagles. I think a lot of the discussion around them is that they've kind of been, you know, underwhelming or that the team overall has kind of underachieved. But I think that the that benchmark or that goal was set based off what they did last year when they came out and just kind of blew teams out to start the season. I mean, or honestly, it didn't seem like they were in a close game for the whole first two months of the season. And it just felt like they were breezing past everybody that they played. This season, it's a little bit different, but, you know, then again, the the result is the same. They are still 4-0. They still have, you know, they've been in close games, but they've taken care of business. And on, honestly, in some ways... This feels better to me because they have, you know, they, they are kind of, how do I say this? Just like a little bit more battle-tested than maybe they were last year because it seemed like last year they really, the only couple times they got punched in the mouth, it didn't go well, right? I, I, I just, yeah. it kind of seemed like last year things did not, when things didn't go their way, they didn't go their way and we lost the game. And I know they probably made some comebacks here and there, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, I feel good about the Eagles thus far. Uh, and I, I, due to the fact that I think that, there's so much more room for them to play better, and they have, you know, a elite offense. You know, capa- uh, capabilities to have an elite offense. That you know, they haven't really shown it consistently. But uh, I think they just need to, you know, clean up. Once the defense and offense come together, man, I, I I feel overall pretty good. I don't feel great, but I feel pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I worry about is the depth of the defense and some of the depth in general. Um, Cam, Jer- Cam Jurgens, Jurgens is now going to miss a couple weeks, so we're going to have to test the offensive line depth. That's going to be, uh, I don't want to say an issue, but it seemed like the, the pass blocking against the uh, commanders was not great. I feel like Hurts, you know, at the very end of his drop had to, had to you know, 
scramble away uh, multiple times, which is weird considering how you know stout our O line uh, usually is. But I think uh, Landon, Dicker- uh, Landon Dickerson has struggled a little bit. He had a couple penalties. Um, I think anytime Sua Opeta comes in, he struggles. Um, one of our worst players this year in general. One of my one of big uh, one of the biggest disappointments has been Dallas Goddard. I uh, I haven't really noticed him at all. Like, yeah. I haven't seen the eighty eight ever. You know, there's been a couple times where he's been open and Hurts has missed him, but he's never open for from what I can tell. His blocking has been great. Uh, he's 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 usually graded out very well in pro football focus every year. He's at the top of the tight ends, pass blocking, run blocking. Just you know, doesn't drop balls. Uh, this year he's been very low in pretty much every game. So I, I don't know what's going on with the tight end position. Um, I think DeAndre Swift has definitely our best running back. Um, I don't think there's any question anymore about that. No, I do love Kenny Gainwell, but he's you know a twenty twenty five snap uh, per game kind of guy. Swift probably 40, 40 plus. Uh, all in all, though, our line has been good. I mean, we have two of the best receivers uh, in football. Um, Jalen Hurts is playing, still playing really good. Um, just the defense. The defense kind of worries me. Um, Sam Howell, after laying an absolute uh, just stinker last week against the Bills, rebounds against us and kind of, you know kind of was slicing and dicing us uh, mainly in the middle of the field. Yeah, uh, he would go to Terry McLaurin once in a while whenever Terry was uh, you know doing his thing. He's he's a very good player. Also, always plays well against us. It seems. Um, Curtis, they didn't really do much in the run game, but uh, Sam Howell was able to extend a couple plays that just shouldn't have happened. Yep. Um, the touchdown at the very end of the game that sent into overtime, I, I don't know what the thinking was behind putting Josh Joe one-on-one with Jahan Dotson. There was, there was nobody else in the area. They, 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 need, they needed a touchdown, and we had a guy one-on-one with the receiver. You know, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like uh, we our personnel is um, – our defensive personnel, we get a lot of talk for our front, our defensive front, but – um, I just, we just have issues in the middle of the field, man. I, I don't know. I think, you know, not having any really any good safeties behind uh, next to Reed Blankenship hurts. Um, our, obviously, Slay and uh, Bradbury. Man. Yeah, like I was going to say, obviously, we have them too, but other than that, there's nobody. There's no other corner. There's no other safety, and there's no linebackers. Like, uh, Jordan Davis didn't really do anything at all last night, from what I remember. I mean, the, the D line in general, other than I want to say um, Brandon Graham. Uh, Jalen Carter was pretty solid. Uh, Fletcher Cox has, has honestly been solid. He shut me up. I was one of his biggest haters. Josh Sweat's been good, but Son Reddick, I haven't noticed him all year. He had five pressures the other night, four hurries. So at least he's doing that. It was his first game without the cast on his thumb. So I'm not worried about a pass rush at all. Um, I'm just nitpicking here. But Josh Job's definitely going to be an issue. Uh, even if Avante Maddox is healthy, he's an issue. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's, you know, the. The secondary, or uh, I should say the, the defensive coordinator. Like, I don't know what the issues are or have been, but, you know, Mac Jones pretty much hasn't done shit all year except when he played us. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, kind of, kind of worried. Not really worried, but I'm very, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if there's necessarily any, um, any solutions on the team. Like, I feel like we're going to have to go out and get somebody. For and sure. usually we do. Usually we go out there and, and trade for somebody. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll see as the season develops. It's still early. You know, guys are getting used to the new system. But uh, just my, you know, and, and Nick Morrow, Nicholas Morrow had an amazing game. He had three sacks, four yeah. pressures. Um, he was all over the place. So I don't want to hate on him or Zach. Zach Cunningham also played really well. 12 tackles by himself, I think. So um, 
maybe it's not as bad as I'm making it uh, seem to be, but I was just, I thought, I thought we would really crush the commanders or I thought that we should. I didn't think that we would, um, but you know, division games are tough. So we'll have to rebound next week. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like the, when you mentioned the front seven, like the, obviously the defensive line is always going to be, you know, the dominant part of this defense, but the linebackers have been somewhat of a surprise, like a uh, a good surprise. Like I've been happy yeah. with the way you know Morrow's played, with the way Cunningham's played. You know, you lose Nicobe Dean early on in the season, so that's a, it's a shame you don't really get to see what you have in him yet. You know, I'm, at some point, I imagine you'll get him back. But really, you just notice, especially yesterday, that they just have a gaping hole in that secondary with being. You know, that either nickel or they've now moved Bradbury inside and put Job on the outside. And they were just kind of, especially in the, on that last drive, just picking on him, man. They were just yeah, going yeah. after him. And it's very obvious. So, like you said, I mean, whether it's safety or whether, you know, there, there needs to be some additions made or some sort of, you know, solution that's probably, like you said, not on this team that needs to be found. Because obviously, you lose Avante Maddox. We have Woody Torres Peck. He's probably going to be out for the year. I know they like to like, well, maybe no. He's probably out for the year. You're not going to get that guy. It's it's unfortunate, man. He's a great player. He just cannot stay healthy. It's just one of those things. Football is a dangerous, rough, violent sport, and it it has not been good to Mister Maddox. But I guess. Uh, you know, the good thing you want to just talk about, you know, you talked enough about the defense, the offense, the, like you said, the offensive line has done great. Uh, you know, I think we forget, too, that there's two new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So it's going to, you know, the fact that we're still 4-0 and and we have, you know, not really played great football at all. I mean, the offense for the first time yesterday kind of looked, you know, it was good to see the passing game. The, this team, no matter what, is going to be able to run the ball. I have no doubt whatsoever in my mind that they will just exceed at running it going forward. Uh, you know, you get uh, Jason Kelsey and the and the boys going, especially you know you get the tush push that everyone's getting all angry about and you know all riled up about, which is makes no sense to me because then you see other teams try and do it and they can't do it, so it's just you know we, it's a play that we've gotten good at. Are they going? The, the thing is though, what I don't understand about that conversation is, are they going to eliminate the QB sneak overall, or is it just the the fact that people are pushing behind them? Because I still think whether they're pushing behind them or not, they're still going to run like. We'll still run that play with uh, immense success because that's just we have a quarterback who squats five hundred pounds. That's 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 a big thing, and he's six foot. He gets low and he powers forward. It's you know not every not every team has that. Justin Herbert got stood up on a QB yeah. sneak yesterday that almost cost them the game. So uh, I think that's a lot a lot of uh, you know bullshit for nothing. And I think I saw a fucking Chris Sims like uh, like calling for the injury. Oh, the worst. It's like that dude. Like listen. Anyone, that's why I tell people here on here all the time when I talk about Hurts. You can tell people can't let go of the Hurts takes. Like, I was, I, there's probably 50 hours of me talking on here saying how bad of a quarterback he is and that he could never be the player that he's become today. I was wrong, man. Like, it's okay to yeah. be wrong. It, it, you know, it just, you just got to admit it and move on, man. Like, this guy has grown so much since he's joined the league. And I, okay, he obviously has great weapons and a great offensive line, but, He's he himself ha- has become a very good quarterback, and you saw them throws down the sidelines to AJ Brown, and him standing in the pocket making plays 
finding the open receiver. I'm with you, though, on the Dallas Goddard thing. It just seems like he, you know, especially for people out there who have him in fantasy, you know, like, like me being one of them, it's just <laughs> you notice, like, he, he doesn't get targeted at all. And whether it's a, yeah. if he's open or not, I don't, like, you know, and I don't really see him open. It's like you said, like, the first couple weeks you were like, oh, wow, like, they missed him. And then or the second week they fed him the ball, but it was, what, was it, six car- or six catches for, like, 29 yards? Like, it yeah. was... He's really not getting those like chunk plays like he was, you know. I mean, even even the Super Bowl, them down the sideline, him dragging his feet, like he was a big part of that of the offense last year. And it's just another thing where they have like I don't know if he's fallen off a cliff, which I don't really think that to be the case, but I think that right. that's more just of an example of they have untapped potential and on this offense, and you know even on the defense. So I, there's no reason but to not feel good about what's going on here. Yeah, um, he's been probably my the biggest disappointment. Uh, for me, uh, offensively on defense, I think it's probably been Darius Slay. I mean, he's he's he had a bad, bad, bad game yesterday against the Commanders. Uh, Terry McLaurin did what he wanted to against them. Deami Brown did whatever he wanted to against him, which is that's not good. A, t- a tough look. That's their wide receiver three, yes. maybe even four. With Never Curtis a good Samuel sentence when you have to say that, though. For the record, um, a couple of weeks ago, he gave up almost a hundred yards against the um, uh, Vikings. He didn't look good in that game. Um, and he just really hasn't looked good all year. He had 10 tackles yesterday, but that's, uh, I don't really want him to get 10 tackles. I want him <laughs> to have like two tackles, you know, like I don't hurt. want him to, right. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I know he's 32, almost 33. So that's, that's kind of where it starts to go downhill. And James Bradbury is not much younger. So that kind of worries me there, especially considering we have nobody behind those two. So if one or, or both, you know, kind of slip up or fall off just a little bit, you know, our pass defense might might really be in for one uh, for something. Also, Terrell Edmonds, number twenty six. Anytime I see him, it's he's in the wrong spot. So, yeah. um, and he played all game. He played every single snap next to Reed Blankenship. Well, yeah. What about B Chalk? Uh, I was I was told that nickname yesterday, which absolutely fucking cracked me up. Uh, Reed Blankenship. Bl- yeah, B Chalk because oh, he's white as shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't love it, but um, <laughs> I. I don't love it. Not because, you know, it's disrespectful to Brian Dawkins. I'm the biggest Reed Blankenship supporter. I just think it's, it just doesn't. It sounds dumb. Um, <laughs> sounds very stupid. But listen, Josh Joe playing almost every snap. Uh, Terrell Evans playing every snap. That's not great, in my opinion. Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Moore having to play 60, 70 snaps. Uh, I think it's something we definitely have to look out for. I also probably rather have seen Mario Goodrich over Josh Joe today, but I don't think he would really give us any, any help either. Um, Maybe Elias Ricks. I don't know where he, they were talking about him in all preseason, and he hasn't played in the regular season yet. I don't know if it's hurt, but I would like to see some new faces come in or, you know, something. It seems like a lot of those other guys, these options that we talk about aren't ready. Like, you know, the Ke- yeah. Keely Ringos and stuff like that. They're not there yet. You know, like these are, they were meant to be developmental sort of players that you, you know, put them on special teams or while the practice squad and you try to hopefully get them to that point one day. It's just. They're not there, and it seems like the fix for the secondary is outside the organization right now. So it just depends on what you know is going to be available and what you're going to go out and get. Uh, we haven't really seen a lot of Sidney Brown either. I don't know. Uh, he got hurt. Did yeah? When did he get hurt? Like that's uh, uh, two weeks ago. Not this week, but last week. What? What? I don't even know what happened to him though. Like, I think it was his. I think it was his. Um, He's that guy. That guy was flying. It, like he. The, the thing is, though, you can see why he gets hurt, though, because it. He tries to yeah, murder he, people. <laughs> he tries to kill he, them. He plays a little crazy. Um, I guess. Let's see if it was. I thought it was his. Um, 
Yeah, his hamstring. I guess he had a hamstring injury, which everybody has. Um, so he didn't play yesterday. And also, I think, who else? Did, didn't another safety not play, right? Justin Evans didn't play also. Um, so, man, I mean, really testing our depth, though. Um, but, yeah, Sidney Brown in his limited – in his limited snaps this year has been per pro, uh, per pro football focus, our third highest graded player on defense. Again, only uh, 16 total snaps, but uh, his pass or what is it now? His coverage ability has been good. It, you know, he obviously fucking brings the boom. He's a very, um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Reed Blankenship, very versatile. Reed Blankenship can, can run down the field with, with receivers. He can come in and uh, honestly just a great tackler and hits pretty hard too. Uh, he's been one of our better players on defense. Jalen Carter, uh, obviously, like to see him play more, but he's, you know, we're, we're getting there. He's still young. He's still raw, which is insane to think about considering he leads the team in, uh, in pressures that not even close, really. Um, and hurries and all, all those stats, pretty much. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think maybe some of the issues on defense are a little, uh, you know, people aren't talking about it enough, but also I think I might be looking too deep into it. Maybe it's a little bit of both. So, uh, we have the Rams next week, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, shout out to Tyler Higby and his sister. Um, and then after that, Jets. we have Jets, Dolphins, Commanders, Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys, bye. And then, I mean, you know, things really don't get don't get easy, <laughs> like at all. Especially we get a bye and then we come out of the bye, I will be there. So that's a, probably a loss. For the Chiefs game, then we get the Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks on the road. Like, that's just like gauntlet that is a gauntlet and hopefully we're healthy by then i think getting to kobe dean should help a lot you know takes a little bit of pressure off cunningham and and nicholas morrow but um yeah i just think our pass defense is going to need a little bit of help just a little bit um unless slayer bradbury take a big step back then we're going to need a lot of help but yeah yeah no i i just think that they're missing somebody out there you can tell yeah and i i don't even know just one person will do it it seems like they need a safety you know, just another so somebody. I mean, even if they're able to get a, say, a Sidney Brown or one of those guys to come back and maybe they can just kind of fill that void. But you need, I think you just need that other corner that kind of you can put Bradbury back on the outside, put somebody inside or whatever you want to do. I just these guys, Job was getting cooked yesterday and, I, and it was very obvious and you could see that from there was nothing we could do about it. You can't let Sam Howell drive down the field on you to to tie the game with a minute 40 left. Absolutely. No, no excuse. It can't happen. And I know AJ Brown took the penalty there and it kind of moved them up, but still, it does, you know, we're the Philadelphia Eagles. We have one of the, you know, we, we were in the Super Bowl last year. You can't let that happen. You can't let Sam Howe score a touchdown. It's different to get in field goal range, but you let them go all the way down and score a touchdown. That 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 cannot happen. But the first two possessions, they just walked us down like it was nothing. I mean, yeah. they had the ball for half of the first quarter. Yep. Like the first, I was like looking around at games. Some teams are getting the ball again. I'm like, yeah, we haven't had the ball yet. Like, also, they were eight to seventeen on third downs, two or two on fourth. Just cannot let that happen. We were four or twelve on third, two or two on fourth. Um, we outscored them, um, or out obviously outscored, outgained them yards wise. Um, but there was just multiple times. Also, we had I think twelve penalties, like eleven. I'm sorry, eleven for eighty. That's unlike us. Uh, they were four or five in the red zone. Just you know. They out out time. Uh, they won the time possession battle. That that usually never happens to us. Um, they had five sacks, right? I think. Yeah. So like, I don't know, man. We just we we didn't play a great game at all. But uh, honestly, one of our MVPs, Jake Elliott. Yeah, he's been I think the best kicker in fantasy. 
I think he's probably been the best kicker in general this year. He's making like three or four kick field goals a game. I don't think he's missed yet. I could be wrong. Um, but he's just been consistent. I think he missed uh, a game, a one in New England in the rain, okay. if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. Or an extra point or something, I forget. But I remember um, everybody going, fuck Elliot. And I'm like, in the back, I'm like, yeah. well, you know, he's not that bad. Meanwhile, he has how many game winners, you yeah. know? <laughs> so. Hey, listen, man. Yeah, I mean, we have a new punter, and his first punt, he got booed off the field. Yep. Uh, other than that, I think he was I think he was okay. Only in uh, he, is from Texas a- he is from Texas A&M, so uh, I'm not against booing him. But um, Brian Covey, also pretty solid punt returner. I think he's I think he's finally settled in, gets us like 10, 15, got 20, a 20-yard return yesterday. So uh, also Jamison Crowder, can't believe he's still in the league. He's their punt returner, the commanders, that is. Yeah, um, Yeah. no, I don't think really much else to go uh, to go off. I think sometimes maybe uh, our passing game, I think we, they're not going to do it, but I think we could definitely use a third receiver uh, of some sort. I don't think. Alamade uh, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is really. Uh, I think not he's a okay. fan of he's Mr. Good, Zucchini. Mr. Zucchini, no. I listen. I think he's fine, but um, you know, him and Quez, Quez Watkins battling for the wide receiver three spot. Um, also, is Quez Watkins hurt? Is yeah, he didn't play. He's got a hand okay. as well. I was gonna say. Oh, all right, that's good. I haven't seen him play all year. It seems like so. Um, yeah, maybe a wide receiver three. Uh, not. I'm not gonna. I don't think they're gonna go out and get a receiver because they have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, but. It's definitely, you know, it wouldn't hurt. I'll say that. Uh, maybe a backup lineman, but they 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 feel confident in most of the most of the guys that have. So, and these are problems they would have fixed, uh, you know, yeah. had they not felt good about some of these guys. But I do for sure believe that they need to go out and get somebody in the secondary. I, I don't care who it is. It doesn't, you know, the, the Buddha Baker, like that's the one we've been talking about here in Philadelphia for a long time. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if they want to really, you know shell out the coin or how much it's going to cost. But yeah. at the end of the day, they need somebody. It doesn't have to be a big name, or but it needs somebody that you can count on and trust to maybe stay in front of somebody and not commit a pass. They called a horrible pass interference on Darius Slay yesterday. Too. That was so bad. Uh, it's just, I hate so, that ticky-tack so show when bad. they don't call it both ways or – you know, like and they called one of them in the fucking uh, the night game, in the Chiefs-Jets game, which was horrible. But uh, the cool uh, Chiefs, huh? Yeah, man, they always you know Taylor Swift's involved, so now everybody's getting calls, and they're they're trying to keep that month everything the, the, the money uh, ship floating. So uh, I love Zach Wilson playing the game of his life, and then immediate immediately after the game, Rodney Harrison uh, is trying shitting to co- on him. Uh, get Chris Jones to pretty much call him a bum, and Chris Jones is like, no, he's just he's a star. That's a star play right there, and he's like, he's not a star. You're a star. Fucking absolutely pathetic. Yeah, it's just like, had to get that off my chest. Well, Rodney Harris is a cheating scumbag, so you don't have to. Yeah, he's a loser. Him. Yeah, you don't have to get. David Tyree will always own him, yep. and that's just what he has to live with. There you so. go. So he's a uh, you know just a, a just a patriot lackey. That's typical. All pa- literally a typical patriot. My yep. roommate said it best. Scumbag. Uh, typical patriots comment. So, uh, so other than that, though, I mean, we do have some great like great games uh, on the horizon with the Bills and the Dolphins, and you know, like we <laughs> big time games. Chiefs, like, wait, all these teams are doing great right now. So it's like that we have some big time problems or hurdles. The Rams are gonna be to, tough. Yeah, the Rams are always tough. Like the those teams like that are always. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I know they're not that team anymore, and they probably won't have Cooper Cup still. You know, we don't know when that guy's coming back or. What the deal is, but still, like you're going into their house, we'll probably have a, a large contingency there, mm-hmm. but we're gonna have to play well. They still have Aaron Donald. They still have a pretty good D line. You know, it's gonna. It's not Mr. gonna be Puka an easy Nakua. night. Yeah, the guy's been insane. Puka will probably have his way with Josh Job. So you know, you, oh, you, you gotta, 
you got I'm a little worried about that, but at the end of the day, I think they take care of business. I think they still get the five and zero. Uh, yeah. 49ers are the only team in, in the uh, NFC, really. I mean, a, a little bit of the Cowboys, but you know, I think the Cowboys have bit. shown you that they they still have that that tendency inside them that they, they, like things can fold at any moment. It's yeah. just because you're taking care of business against the Patriots, who you know, it seems like they are trending in the in the opposite direction. I love people will go and compare the Eagles and the Cowboys' performances against the Patriots, and it's like Bill Belichick had. Three months, four months to prepare. You know, a, a whole off season to prepare for the yeah. Jalen Hurts' Philadelphia Eagles. He had like one week to worry about Dak Prescott and their run game and all that bullshit. So let's don't don't even bring that my way. But yeah, that's all. I've been. I mean, pretty much all I got to say about the uh, the NFL, my friend. So also got to be careful. One of the biggest surprises in the NFL this year has been Kyron Williams, also with Puka Nakua for the Rams. So two. Uh, Two very good young players kind of coming out of nowhere. Kyron Williams, I believe, is very near and dear to your heart. He is. No right? name, baby. So um, uh, I also loved him coming out of college. Uh, I didn't think he'd be good. I, mean, I, won't say, I didn't think he'd be good, but I didn't think he'd be pretty much Austin Eckler 2.0 uh, so far in the NFL. But hey, well, hey man, that's part of that's that's part of the game, baby. That's it's just you never know. Some of these guys come out of nowhere and they become these elite. You know, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm still not convinced about him, but I guess, you know, he keeps doing it. So if he's going to keep doing it, uh, why, you know, who am I to say he's not the player that he has been? Because he yeah. really has been. He's been uh, he's just taking care of business. He's dominant. He's like setting records for rookie receivers in their first four or five games. It's crazy. crazy. And, and I saw something like they play off of him and they get, they give him off coverage and stuff. But, I mean, the guy's still getting open. He's still catching passes and he's still making plays. So oh. like game winner. Yeah, exactly. Who am I to, uh, you know, shit on him? But that is your NFL. That is your Philadelphia Eagles wrap-up. Ty, we got Red October here in Philadelphia. And I know you aren't, you know, you're not the biggest <laughs> Phils fan. You are a Dodger blue, you know, through and through. You were, you were a fan of them when they were playing at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. I know you, uh, <laughs> your grandpappy's pappy uh, was there watching them. Uh, nah, but seriously. Uh, MLB playoffs. I love the MLB playoffs. Whether the Phillies are involved or not, it makes it way better. Obviously, that the Phillies are involved, but uh, just this whole you know the wild card round. It's kind of added. I although I did love when they did the one that one game. It felt like it was a fucking huge. Like the Phillies were never invo- involved, but it felt like like oh shit, the Cubs are playing the fucking you know Nationals for the last spot tonight. And you're like, all right, like yeah. okay, you know it's time to fucking lock in. But. Uh, I guess, Ty, I did want to ask you from an outsider's perspective what your thoughts are, uh, not only on just the Phillies, but just the MLB playoffs overall. Because I think the Phillies are, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to have the, your, you know, the biased look, and we'll get into the Phillies uh, in a little bit. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the MLB playoffs overall. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Manfred getting rid of uh, game 163 was stupid, but um, other than that, I am excited for the playoffs. I think we have some pretty good matchups. Rangers, Rays is going to be awesome. Uh, Diamondbacks, Brewers, couldn't really care less about that. But uh, Marlins, Phillies, honestly, I think with the Phillies' uh, struggles against lefties, Jesus Lazardo could uh, he'd carve them up. Honestly, I'd be uh, I'd be very um, anxious, I guess, if I was a Phillies fan. I think that's going to be a tougher a tougher game, a series, I should say. Right? It's three games or five? Three. Three. three okay, games. so I think it's going to be a little tough. Um, I do think they should win, but we'll see. I think I feel like the Phillies have been hot lately. I don't know who exactly, but um, 
I don't know, man. You never know. Like playoffs, baseball playoffs are really some of the flukiest and just randomest, most random, I should say, uh, postseason, uh, in my opinion. So, I mean, the Giants, when they won their World Series, they won like 80-something games both times. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we saw we, what they did last year. Um, the Padres smoked the Dodgers. And I was like, yeah, there's no way the Phillies are going to beat the Padres. Smoked them. Wasn't even close. So, um, we got Twins, Twins Blue Jays. That should be good. Um, D-backs I'm Brewers. Really, eh, who cares? I mean, yeah, really. Yeah. I, that's who I wanted to play. I wanted to play the D-backs because I think we would have just – you know, yeah. with without Gallon, and I mean, what are they, Merrill Kelly? Like Gallon, even though as good as he is, he does not really like in Philadelphia. I think we would have probably smacked him around because I've seen, I've been in the building and watched them smack him around before, so that kind of didn't worry me. The the Marlins were really the like worst option for me of all the teams because, like you said, you just named a couple reasons why they have a bunch of lefties. They have great, great starting pitching. Uh, I know what Alcantara is hurt, right? So that's why yeah, he, he's done. He's done for the year. I remember saying that. They, so they obviously didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. They probably were like, you know, kind of threw like threw their hands up midway through, you know, September, all, you know, late August, September. They were like, well, you know, what are you going to do? And th- this is a Marlins team who came in here, you know, not all that long ago, and we're, you know, Jesus Sanchez is hitting bombs and fucking, you know, they got they got the Burger Boy still out there uh, taking care of business. <laughs> uh, they they you know they still got Jazz Chisholm. Their lineup. Doesn't scare me, pretty pretty much at all. I, I it's not that's not the problem. It's more the fact that they could shut us down, and all they would really need is a couple, you know, runs here or there to win some of these games. That's what worries me uh, in, in some aspects. But Luzardo, really not worried worry, all that worried about him. Braxton Garrett does worry me. I know they 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 hit him up a couple times this season. I think he's got a five ERA against us just just this year. Excuse me, but. I don't know, man. I like you said, anything can really happen in these three game playoff situations, especially like even when it was a one game thing. It just anything really can happen. But you were a team that made the World Series last year and you pretty much ran through the playoffs. You you, you really didn't run into any sort of pushback until you played the Astros, who you really pushed them to the brink too. You had them you know, on the ropes down 2-1, you know, and with a game, you know, two games left in your own building, and you kind of just let that opportunity slip through your fingers. I think, although they kind of shored up the bullpen from last year, because last year's bullpen was just basically Sir Anthony and, uh, you know, Alvarado, this year they have a lot more options, but not, I, I don't trust a lot of those options. Uh, you know, that being Gregory Soto, uh, Kimbrel has kind of like you. You've been calling for this all season. I mean, he really was strong, you know, throughout the summer, and then he just kind of has fallen apart. They have they have a whole fucking light show for this guy when he comes out. And he, I was there, oh man, a couple weeks ago when he served up an absolute nuke uh, yeah. to center field, and that they're you know blown save. We have to win the game in extras, and it's like you know, uh, I think the good. I, mean, I love the Ghost Runner being away now in the postseason, so it's just we can play some real fucking baseball. I also think it's weird. That they're doing like the same, the schedule is the same every single day, like three o'clock, you know, uh, three o'clock, four o'clock are the AL games, and then it's seven and eight for the NL games. It's just, yeah, I feel like I'd be weird. pissed if I was the, like a Rangers fan. I'm like, dude, I gotta, like, if I work, I'm like, what, like, what do you mean? Like, I gotta fucking, yeah. you know, I'm gonna miss all of these games. Like, I've been watching these guys all year long. Like, you know, what are you gonna take off work all, you know, or like a raise? Like, I'm sure you're down there in Tampa. Time to quit. 
Yeah, it's like if you're a fucking hardcore race fan, you you're just gonna miss you know your season tickets at three o'clock, all three games. Like, it's just kind of a weird weird situation. But at the end of the day, the Phils still are they they're they're the reigning NL champions, so they have to go out there and defend that. And yep. I think the good thing is that they you know they've played the Marlins. They're they're comfortable playing them. And I think you know with the le- I think the lefty thing is more of a mental hurdle that they'll have to climb over because really at the end of the day they only have a few, you know I mean they they they're kind of a a well balanced lineup. They have Schwarber, they have Harper, they have Stott, who are their kind of top lefties, but they still have Real Muto, Castellanos. They have some some good right handed bats. Alec Bohm, who really hits righties well, or I'm sorry lefties well, uh, and it looks like they won't be playing Marsh. Like uh, that's the thing is, will they be sitting Marsh? For these games, because it's uh, uh, you know, Topper has really uh, not played him. You know, he has kind of platooned it in a sense when when these lefties, uh, you know, are are scheduled to start. So, is are you going to see Johan Rojas playing center field with you know maybe? You know, I guess, I guess yeah. I'm trying to sit here like just thinking is I guess Harper would play first. It'd be Schwarber, Rojas. Castellanos, and then I guess they Marsh might still play them because they probably just go Marsh and left, Rojas in center. I don't know. I really don't know what they're gonna do. That's I guess that's the one fascinating aspect of it. I don't. I, I don't know what uh, what other option there would be. Maybe play Edmundo Sosa and and you know put Bohm at first and DH. Uh, yeah. You know Harper. I don't know if that's really you know gonna give you that much relief. Uh, you, and Trey Turner being another right-handed bat, I totally forgot about him too. So, uh, never heard of him. Yeah, I know you're you're still holding beef against him, but uh, yeah, no, fuck him. It's really his girlfriend. She can kick all the rocks in the world. I miss the East Coast so much. Fucking spare me. Oh, that's okay, man. Listen, at the end of the day, you guys are still a juggernaut of a team, and yeah, you're, all right. you're, you're, you're saving money for Otani's, uh, you know, DHing abilities next year. And, Future Yankee. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I am so glad that like I know people were like trading for uh, let's trade for Otani and you know half of a season of Otani and that you see how that would have paid out for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, I I don't want anyone that has the stink of the Los Angeles Angels on them because that what a loser organization that is. Let off let off a, a, by at the top by Mike Trout. So I just wanted to make sure I got that dig in there before we get out of here. Seventy three wins. <laughs> Guy, guy broke his wrist twice this season. Uh, you know, so uh, hopefully, you know what, though? The good thing about Trout, like I've always said, is Trout makes sure he's a smart man, that his season is done just in time for the Eagles season to, to heat up so that he has prime seating for these games and he's ready to, he's ready to get back to what, to what he loves, and that's being an Eagles fan. So uh, there is my uh, paid, you know, I'm responsibly, you know, paid to diss Mike Trout every, every podcast that I get the chance to, so... <laughs> Uh, no, but at the end of the day, I think the Phils do take care of business. I think the Marlins are, you know, they, they're they they're the, you know, they are kind of like a hot-ish team, right? I mean, uh, they're not, they kind of just backed into this, though. Like, the Cubs fell apart at the end of the season. That's really, like, the team that they should, like, that should have been in this situation. The Reds fell apart. They were a team that everyone was talking about. And the Padres. The Padres, I, I mean, talk about an absolutely looted, loaded team. Looted. I don't know where I was going to go there, but loaded team, and they just nothing. They have no heart, no Fresh. life, no nothing. And 
They want so. I mean, think about the names they have: Tati, Soto, Machado. Like, yeah, Hugh Darvish. Like Darvish. all these people. Blake Snell, Snell almost won the fucking. Or did did he win? Is he gonna win the uh, Cy Young? I, mean, uh, I you, think you don't know yet, right, Bob? I, th- I, mean, I think it's gonna be. Is it gonna be Strider? It's him, Strider, or Steele. Because I know Justin Steele was up there, but I don't think I. So we just did these. Then we just looked this up season. like a couple podcasts ago, or when we were just talking about it, but. Yeah, because we were saying like, man, if you could go back and get Blake Snell odds, uh, you know, you would have been in good. Yeah, shape, we should have. They should have. Listen, we should get money off that. Yeah, if if, if he wins, that is. Um, it looks like, I guess. So it's funny the the highest, uh, the pitcher with the highest uh, WAR in the league, in the major leagues, I believe this is accurate, would be one Zach Wheeler. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, his his he's his not going to win it, three, right? He, no, it's unfortunate, but his ERA is 3.6 and his FIP is 3.1. Uh, fielding independent pitching, I think that's what it stands for. Fielder independent pitching. So uh, a lot of his numbers are very good. He strikes guys out, doesn't walk guys, doesn't give up homers. Uh, other than Zach Wheeler, I do have questions about their starting pitching. Uh, I had a bunch of people who were like, I saw a bunch of Philly fans who were like, yeah, we fucking, um, we, we, we love Taiwan Walker. I was like, no. oof. I would not attach myself to, to that guy. And I, I love, I will always have love for Aaron Nola, but he is just, you know, sometimes he's I just giving up 500 foot bombs. So, you know, uh, Kepler also doesn't like Aaron, Aaron Nola. So that's how, you know he's not, that's how you know he's not good. Um, but other than, I mean, after Zach Wheeler, what do you have? You know, it's like Ranger Suarez. Is he somebody you can really count on? I, I don't think so. Um, Christopher Sanchez, I don't really know much. No. I never really... I, I don't, I don't watch him pitch too much. Um, the the trade deadline acquisition that I told my father about that was so good, Michael Lorenzen, not been good. Uh, he's been opposite of good. Yeah. So it's like, you know, do you just have a, a bullpen game with a bunch of, uh, you know, Jeff Hoffmans and, and uh, Andrew Velasquez and Junior Marte? And Andrew you Velasquez and all those guys are out. All right. Don't, don't even bring I, you know, those guys are dead. They're, they're not, they're not around anymore. It's gonna come down to you're gonna you're gonna see Nola, you're gonna see Wheeler. I think you're gonna see Suarez. I think you just have to trust that 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 I mean that guy pitched so well last year and he's pitched uh pretty good down the stretch. If Walker can't start a game for you, then he can't like he I don't think you're gonna see worry about have to worry about him in this round specifically. So he won't be on the roster, I would imagine. But he can't be on the team if he's not starting because he's hard. Like his first inning ERA is like seven or something like that. Like he has been horrible to start games, and he kind of picks it up as it goes on. Christopher Sanchez throws a ninety-two mile an hour fastball right down the middle every time. It seems it's just <laughs> you can't trust him either. So it's you really don't have a fourth starter, and it, that sucks. I think if you, re- I would, I honestly would have to go with uh, Taiwan Walker. That would be my my choice, and I I don't feel good about it. But I think when you ba- when you hand me with those other options and I'm looking at them and I'm going, no, I can't, I can't do that. You know, I can't, I can't ha- responsibly put Christopher Sanchez in Game Four of the NLDS. You know, with, with maybe are the season on the line. It's you're asking for a lot. This ain't Jamie Moyer walking out of there, dude. This is Christopher Sanchez, who had the chance to kind of solidify his spot here in this rotation and proceeded to get blown up a few of these games. In those last couple weeks, so yeah, I mean that is a the the Phillies pitching is 
has been something that is kind of a topic of conversation around here where it's that's the one thing that could kind of hold them back and maybe they should have gone out and gotten an elite starter but you were kind of counting on Aaron Nola being that guy and Aaron Nola probably cost himself 100 million plus this all this season by just the way he pitched he has just been brutal man uh, and many, many games. There'd be games where he came out through a masterpiece, and then his next three starts where, oh, the Phils are up 5 nothing, and he proceeds to get blown up in the fourth inning, and he's done. You're like, wow. But everyone's like, well, he gives you six innings. You know, he gives you six. It's like, yeah. yeah so is Lance Lynn. Exactly. Like, you get six innings, but he, he fucking gave up seven runs. Like, yeah, we're still but the the offense kept us in the game by getting runs, but what does it matter when this guy is getting destroyed? Like I I'm just glad they didn't pay him. Really. I, I'm truly glad they didn't pay him. And I know the Phils are going to have some money this offseason. And I you know what though, the ace in the hole, I would love, you know, it would be a, a Hall of Fame moment as if the Phillies do make it to the World Series and Reese Hoskins comes out after tearing his ACL in spring training and hits a fucking Daddy into the left field bleachers, and the place Cowball. goes absolutely. No, the place goes nuts. And Strike three. His ass is hobbling. Yeah, honestly, what's going to happen is it's going to be just dirt balls in, in the in the dirt. And he's going all right. And Reese Hoskins strikes out for the fourth time tonight. Is it's tough. Everybody's going to want to trade him to start. Yeah, no, I mean he's going to be a free agent too. So there'll, there'll be a lot to talk about this offseason. But right now, let's get ready for the Marlins, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get excited. Uh, Either I, way, I think I, I think I they think. win two in a row. I think they just take care of business oh, and get wow. out of there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that well, right now. It's a bold it's a bold take. Mine it's a different take it's is... a different animal down there in Citizens Bank Park. I just want to say that. It's true. It's true. Um, especially playoff time, everybody's coming out, bringing their mother, their father, their kid, their turtle. Everybody's getting on their feet. Everybody's getting. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for postseason baseball. Postseason baseball in Philly is uh very crazy. However. Oh boy! I hate to be. Yeah. However, <laughs> I do think they are up against this year. I mean, I think the Dodgers are probably cooked with the pit with their arms. Like they just, you know, uh, Julio Arias is out here beating beat up his girlfriend his again. Girlfriend down the steps. That's not a good look. It's not good. At, at, at was it the LA Galaxy? I don't know their name. Uh, where he was a special guest. Are um, you for real? Or, I didn't know that. Or no, it was the Miami. It was it was Messi. I think he was a uh, one of Messi's special guests or something like that. And uh, he was. Yeah, he decided I'm gonna I'm just gonna beat up my girlfriend again. The first time I got away with it. This time, not so much. Um, also, apparently, Trevor Bauer has uh, is innocent. I watched so, that video. Yeah, there's it, that. He I somehow like, made me feel bad for him. That's uh, yeah, what, what a feat that was. <laughs> I still hate him because he's just absolutely annoying. But I wouldn't mind seeing his curveball back in LA. I'm just saying. But uh, Walker Bueller done. Dustin May done. Herschel. Is it's it's crazy because he's like 35, 36. Yeah. and um, it's honestly he's been fucking good. He's been really good uh, this year as long yeah. as he's healthy, and he's being tasked to backpack this rotation again. So when he inevitably pitches in a game one against somebody and gets shelled, everybody can be like, "Ah, oh, he's a bum. He's a fraud. The worst, most overrated pitcher ever," because he gets rocked in the playoffs, even though he's had a lot of good playoff performances. It's just that goddamn sixth and seventh inning. Always fuck him. But if he struggles this year, you know, the same conversations are going to be had when there, he should be in no position to be the number one of this team. It should be Walker Bueller or Urias, who for some reason regressed this year massively right before he was supposed to get paid. And then he, you know, gets in trouble with the law. So 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions. I mean, I like Emmett Sheehan. I like Ryan Pepio. I like Gavin Stone. They're all young. They have good pitches. They have good stuff, but they're too young. They're just too young and inexperienced to rely on them. And, you know, we got Lance Lynn who, you know, he pushes for three innings and then he gets fucking – or he shoves. I should say, say pushes. He shoves for three, four innings, and then he gets – absolutely belted with solo home runs. So, like, I just – I don't know what to think about their pitching. Uh, the bullpen has been spotty. Evan Phillips has been awesome, but last month or so he's been uh, a little sporadic. So, yeah. um, I mean, I, I trust our bats. I trust uh, our experience. Dave Roberts, don't love him, but he has so much experience in the playoffs. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, uh, they're probably going to be two and three in MVP voting, even though, uh, you know, you can make the argument that Mookie should win, but it's going to go to Acuna, and it is what it is, but – I don't think anybody beats the Braves in the NL this year. And um, the AL is going to be really, really interesting. I think the Rangers could do it. I think the Astros could do it. Uh, I think the Rays, the Orioles, maybe. The Orioles did just lose their <coughs> stud closer for this year and next year, which yeah. is just terrible. Um, but I don't know. The AL is completely, completely wide open. Maybe the Twins get hot. You know, they've never really had playoff success, but um, they were pretty much leaving the Central all year. Uh, they're getting Royce Lewis back. I think they're getting. Uh, I don't know if they're getting somebody else back. I don't. I don't think Buxton. He might. He might come back and hit. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Blue Jays. Maybe they finally put it together. Bichette and Vlad. You know, they have some interesting pieces down there. Uh, the AL will be interesting to watch. I don't think the NL will be. Unfortunately, I think the Phillies, Dodgers, Braves um, take care of business easily. And then whenever they face each other, it's it's going to be the Braves or Dodgers. I think. And uh, I, I can't pick against the Braves. They just have their their lineup. Is fucking insane. The, Just insane. The only thing about the Braves, though, like you mentioned about the the Dodgers, their their starting pitching has kind of fallen apart here towards the end of the season. Yeah, like losing uh, what's his name, Charlie Morton. I think they lost. Mm-hmm. Is Max Fried? I don't know if Max Fried's back. I don't know. I don't Actually, know. Like, I, I feel like I haven't paid attention to the MLB once September started, and that's because of football. So. It's yeah, tough. That's, that's it's, it is tough yeah. to keep track of all this stuff because I'm I'm locked in on Notre Dame football. I'm watching UFC. You know, it's it's fucking this shit is stressful. On. It is stressful, but these are good problems to have. So, uh, you know, but I I am like I'm with you though. Like you can't like responsibly pick against the Braves, but there is something to to be said about just you know the Braves are kind of the, they the Phillies are in their head. They're changing how they're going to prepare for this. You know, apparently they were they were stale. You know, coming into this uh, la- last year's playoffs, but it really came down to they got dog walked. You know, on the road here, they they that first game that they the Phillies won there was kind of like you know not lucky, but it was just like a battle. It was a back and forth. So you know, you come here one one, and we just Strider gets absolutely dominated, and we just dog walked them both games. So really wasn't all that close. Uh, Good luck. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's going to happen again necessarily, but uh, I would I would just say that the Phillies are a better team, you know, li- better lineup this year than they were last year, and they have pretty much the same pitching rotation as they did last year. So, uh, you know, who's to say it can't happen again? So I, I feel Maybe. good though. I, yeah, you are. I know you told me that, <laughs> but uh, I feel good about it. But uh, the Sixers came back today for uh, you know media day and whatnot. Do you care? Uh, no. Right. I mean, neither do I. We don't even have to really go into it if you don't. Teams watch, are right? getting better, especially in the East, and we yeah. are not. We Drew, are. Drew Holiday's uh, are, a Celtic. Dame Lillard's a yeah. Buck. Uh, the the yeah. Sixers still have James Harden, who's you know out there saying Daryl Morey's a liar, and you know I know me and you have said on here like we're not really all that uh, fond of Daryl Morey, but we're definitely not fond no. of James Harden either. I mean, the guy's a. He, he he's not. He's a fucking fraud. I'll just. I'm not going to go into. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to get mean, all angry on here again, but. I don't know. I just 
So I saw I saw something on Twitter uh, like an hour or two ago. He said he was going to make what did, what did he say? Uh, he let's see. I don't know if I could find the quote. I, it was something about he was going to report to camp eventually, just to make things difficult on us or something like that. Let's see if I can I can find it really quickly. Uh, I would just make sure that like he, he's going to make sure he gets paid. So it's like at the end of the day, if you can pay him, make him go away, then I would do that. I don't know if you can even really do that. But I mean, he's, yeah, Darryl, he, he's risking not getting like not being able to go in the free agency and stuff if he doesn't show up. Like he's he's get, I mean, he won't let that happen though. I know he's not an idiot, so he'll make sure he goes here. And I don't know how how 13. is he going to make things more difficult than he already has. Whether he's this here be the or not, he's he quit on in three years. Third team in three years that he's quit on. So I think the right listen. Nobody wants him. Nobody's going to give the Clippers are not giving up Terrence Mann and young players for this absolute loser of a player that all he does his whole life is lost. That's all he is. He's a losing player. He's just like Russell Westbrook, an absolute fucking loser. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, so what did Daryl Morey say? In 20 years of working in the league, I've always followed through on everything. I don't know about that. Every top agent knows that. Everyone in the league knows that. Yeah. Again, I don't know about that, considering you had to uh, tamper for multiple players that I don't good. believe either of them. That's the thing. Like, yeah. both of these guys suck. So it's like I'm not even on anyone's side here. Yeah, I want them both out. In my opinion, in my opinion, oh, he said he's going to show up eventually, show up for camp and make the situation "quote unquote" painful for the Sixers. Whatever, how, uh, whatever that like, means. Ha, like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, how, like you're going to show up and just not try and just be a, a negative there, like, like you did in Game I, I just, Seven. Like, what? Well, who cares, man? You you stink. You stink. You are like. I, and that's the thing. You have people like that fucking clown, Aiden Laporta. He's got to be like five years old, who just who just farms mentions all day long on Twitter, all day, just posts the same shit over and over again. And he's somehow making money off that. That's the worst part that uh, the new Twitter, though, truly, yeah. is that Elon has fucking uh, incentivized these mush brain idiots to just farm mentions all day long and just, oh, yeah, well, you, you, you know, somehow if I reply to him and call him a fucking clown, that he, you know, that makes him money. That's like, it, that's a joke. That's an yeah. absolute joke for the record because it just incentivizes these idiots to keep spouting this nonsense. He keeps acting like James Harden is going to come back to this team somehow and be a, a, this is going to be a productive situation. It's not. We need to somehow move on from James Harden and not have it be like literally getting nothing back. Like we have to get something. Like that's why I was holding on to hope that maybe we could get Drew Holiday and just get a guard who can play some defense. Because that's we need more players who play defense. I know that that's it doesn't really. Well, good seem thing like, we signed Kelly Oubre. Huh? Yeah. Good thing we signed uh, Kelly. Listen, I love Kelly Oubre. Jayhawk for life. Absolute however. shot chucker. Shot chucker. Uh, not a very efficient shot chucker. And uh, doesn't play defense. Also, doesn't pass the ball. So, <laughs> I'm not sure what we what we got cooking up, but we'll see if Nick Nurse can you know make something of the situation that we have. We'll see if Joel Embiid is uh, mature, you know, at his ripe age of 29, almost 30. He also has three teams, three countries that he's uh, deciding between who to play for: the U.S., France, and um, I can't think of where he's from. Cameroon. Cameroon. So uh, that's that's I, I, I didn't know that <laughs> I didn't know we were doing that with uh, you know national national countries. Uh, we're doing a, yeah. a college reveal of what college we're going to. It's yeah. going to be show where the hat the the USA hat or the France hat. It's like all right, what are we doing, bro? What a joke! And 
the Sixers have ha, have created such. I have such apathy for them now that I just truly do not care. I, I at all. Like they came back today, and back in like maybe five years ago, I'd be like, "Oh, let's go!" Like basketball. See, like I love basketball. It's my favorite. I play it all the time. It's my favorite sport. But I, the Sixers have ruined it for me one hundred percent because yep. I have no. It's not even like there's no like. I don't know. Like I don't have any. Not only faith. Like you, I, they never. We never really thought they were going to win the championship before. I guess maybe we thought somehow like they would. Like last year, I thought they, especially when they were. I mean, they they kind of that was the worst job. They of had pulling, They pulling the rug out, coming back home, Aesthetic. up three two. I was like, dude, this is it. Like they're finally going to do it, man. They really like, and we could have beaten the Heat. We could have. Battled with the Nuggets, and this whole story would be different. We probably James Harden probably gets that contract that he, you know, w- was begging for. But listen, that it's crazy that we talked about this many times, but not to kind of beat a dead horse. But everybody knew when J- it's bad when everybody knows when James Harden walked in the, the door that day that he was going to have a fucking stinker. Like they just knew yeah. the pressure was on him, and he just he folds every time. Both of them folded badly. How the fuck am I supposed to care about you guys now? Seriously, like how how am I supposed to have confidence that Joel Embiid, you know, as he has more, you know, uh, goodwill in my mind just because of he's been here, he's he's yeah. the process, you know, the love that I have for him, kind of taking Philadelphia basketball out of the dumpster and giving it someone of relevance in the national, you know, scene and getting those TNT games and he's hit some big shots, he's had some big moments, but they all just acted like cowards at the end of last season, and I can't ever forgive them for that. And they need Maxi. They need him to fucking make a big leap. They need Nick Nurse to kind of just make water into wine. And Joel Embiid's still going to be Joel Embiid. They still have Tobias Harris, and I don't get... all. They won't make you know this trade, that trade. They won't do this because they are prioritizing cap space in 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I implore you, to go online right now and Google 2024 NBA free agents and tell me who they who are they going to get that's going to shake this up? Who are they going to get that's going to make you feel differently about the Philadelphia 76ers? Now I'm going to tell you right now it's no one. There is no one out there that's going to save this team from what the ultimate thing that's going to happen is, and that's trading Joel Embiid for fucking pennies on the dollar. Whatever. And that kills me yeah. inside. Yeah, so I guess Embiid pretty much said he's going to play for Cameroon if they qualify for the 2024 Olympics. Good news for the USA Olympic squad. It looks like they're they're bringing their top their top guys. LeBron said he wants to play. Kevin Durant said he is playing. Bam said he's playing. Uh, DeRozan, Booker, Brad Beal, Jalen Brown, Mitchell. What about Steph? Uh, Zach Levine. Uh, it's crazy. Steph's never played for in, in the Olympics for the U.S. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't see anything about him. Uh, hold on. He's talked about playing uh, a couple times in recent months. Trey Young has said he wants to play. I don't know how he hasn't been on a team. I mean, you know, the disrespect. If you're going to put Donovan Mitchell over him, it's like, okay. Same with Fred Van Vliet. But Kyrie Irving said he wants to play. Draymond, Paul George, Kawhi. I guess Embiid could still play for the U.S. Uh, AD as well. Um, Zion, Kawhi, I think I said that. Paul George, yeah. Uh, So it looks like we're going to have our guys. It seems like a lot of different shit can happen, though. Some of these guys sure. get hurt. Some yeah, of these guys ankle, just, yeah, they, they're worn down. They don't want to play. But, like, you know, when you, it's about the big dogs. Like, you saw what happened in this FIBA World Cup this past year. Like, the big dogs yep. didn't want to play. 
So therefore, if one of them doesn't go, then like you know, especially like if LeBron or somebody like that says I'm not playing, then the rest of them just say I'm not playing, and they yeah, it's a trickle down. If effect. LeBron, like yeah, pretty much uh, the opposite. If LeBron says I'm playing, guys are like yeah, I'm playing too. It's yep. kind of like you know, if if the the number one uh, high school recruit in the nation, the number one quarterback, commits to uh, a school. Other receivers, other linemen, other players are going to be like, "Yo, I'm going to try to take a look at that school." Like you said, trickle down effect, a domino effect. Yep. Big, the big, big name comes off the board. Other names will follow. So, I, I, I saw a lot, a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know," they, I guess a lot of people were defending uh, Mr. Noah Lyles, the uh, the Clown. sprinter or the track star, that said that we're not the best international or whatever, whatever he said exactly. I thought that was just an absolute joke of a comment, considering all of the best players in the world. Uh, they're in, you know, in the they league. They come to America. Like he, he, what he said was basically like, what are you, why are they called world champions of what? Basically, like, well, how are they the world champions? Like, okay, like in in a strict sense, yeah, sure. The people who are world champions are the people who win at the Olympics or the FIBA. Like, but right. really though, the best teams are in the NBA. All these people come to the. I think Dame Lillard's like. That's the thing, though. Like, if you want to say that, okay, like you want to be a context literal person, that's fine. But then Dame Lillard's like. If a NBA, if the NBA champion went on a, a tour of, of the club teams in Europe, they'd get smoked. You're a fucking asshole, dude. Like you're you're lying. You're just lying for fucking. You're just trying to get people going. Because no, listen, I get I get Barcelona and Real Madrid. I'm sure that the teams that they have play really very well together, and they shoot the three ball, and they're used to international rules. There's just no way in hell you're telling me a starting five of like Curry, LeBron, Zion, uh, Kawhi. Curry, I already said him. Somebody, no, any like, combination. Even the Nuggets. If you just sent the Nuggets over there, they're going to, they're going to be very at the very top of their game. And yeah, they, the Nuggets uh, aren't losing to somebody in a seven-game just... series. They're probably winning in four or five. I, I really yeah. do believe that. I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure like anybody can get beat. Like I'm, those guys in Barcelona, they're not bums. You know, they're they're, they're yeah. they have a very good team, but they don't have Nikola Jokic. They don't have yeah, Jamal Murray. There's a reason that those guys are playing here and not there. So yeah, who uh, who was it? Jabari Parker just said he uh, the reason he's not in the NBA. Okay. He just stated a couple of reasons why he's not in the NBA anymore. I think the main reason is nobody wants him. They're not that good anymore, dude. It's okay. You can't shoot. Uh, you're not athletic. Disintegrated. It's not. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of, man. But yeah, man, go play in Greece. You'll make a lot of money. Bang some hot hot chicks. I I love that for you. But don't say you're leaving the NBA because of this, that, and the other. When the only reason you're leaving the NBA is because the NBA doesn't want you. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, uh, Ty, before we get out of here, uh, shout out, shout out to the Flyers getting blown out in all their preseason games. <laughs> I, did, I did just want to mention them. But uh, shout out to Connor Bedard. Is he look? He looks good. Uh, he looks, he looks amazing. Of course he, he does. In, in my opinion. I'm watching Mitchkov and, and some guy talking in Russian in the background. So at least I love that for you that you get to watch uh, your, your guy actually play in America. Um, Bedard reminds me of Connor McDavid in the way that anytime he has the puck, he's going to do, do really good things with it. The only problem is he's not nearly as fast as McDavid. McDavid's the fastest player literally ever. He, uh, which dude, he's unbelievable. Helps. Yeah, it's probably the best way. Pound for pound, skill for skill. Attribute for attribute, I think he's the most talented athlete in the world right now. Wow. Could be wrong, but I think he's. I just don't see any. I don't. I don't see any equal. I don't see anybody being equal to him. And um, yeah, I, I would say it's it's probably it's probably him. I don't know who else I'd honestly put up there. John Jones. John Jones. Hey, shit. Uh, I don't even know who's 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 so dominant in their sport 
Ronald Acuna, and, if you're talking about talent, like it's just you know. Yeah, I guess, like but that, you know, but. I think Mookie Betts had a, the MVP lead over him for most of the year, but um, you know, Novak Djokovic possibly, or maybe him, or um, I can't think of his name for some reason. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that the other guy. tennis player. Yeah, that guy. Uh, who Alcaraz? <laughs> yeah, Carlos Alcaraz. So like, I, I don't know. I think McDavid's up there, but uh, Blackhawks still going to struggle, and um, at least Connor McDavid. Or, at least Conrad Dart's playing, and um, they're yeah. going to lose a lot of games, but it's okay. Exactly. So uh, before we get out of here, I just want to talk about Canelo. Absolutely dominating. Uh, Jamal, Jamal, is it Jamel? Jamel. Jamel. Okay. And hey, Jamal showed up. Jamal. Jamal showed up, dude. He, he, he did. Clapped um, his brother up. It was talking. a kiss of death. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. you know, they don't like each other. Yeah. Um, hopefully going forward now, because Jamal, they both went through a lot pretty much at the same time, and they had to, you know, kind of not really talk to each other. Jamal is in Pensacola training with Roy Jones Jr., but he's still working with Ronnie Shields. Um, and also he has a fight coming back against Jose Benavidez Jr., the brother of David. Um, that's going to be on the undercard of David Benavidez and Demetrius Andrade. That should be a very good card. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really cool to see, honestly. Um, I, I don't think there should be any reason that, you know, they're not they're on a – they're not on talking terms, but they're twins, so you never know what their dynamic is, right? Um, but yeah, Canelo just pretty much walked all over him, uh, Jermel that is, and uh, did what he wanted to. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was a pretty boring fight, let's let's be honest. Uh, the first round, they landed a combined two punches, two, yes, one each, um, and Canelo won because he, he landed the best, the, the best of the two, I guess you could say. Um, it was really hard for me to find any, any Charlo rounds. I think maybe, maybe if you want to give him the 11th or give him the 5th, maybe, I guess. But, like, <clears throat> you know, he wasn't he wasn't throwing his jab. Um, how many jabs did he land the entire fight? Let's see if I could find. Um, 40. 40 of 283. Um, so if he's not getting his jab off, he's going he's gonna to have a hard time winning a fight, Jamel, that is. And if he's not getting off his left hook, he has a nasty left hook. If he's not getting that off, he's also not going to win. And, I mean, there was times that, he would let his hands go and he would be able to connect with Canelo. And I was like, Oh, okay, there you go. Like, just try to do that more. But I honestly think, you know, I'm not going to go as far as Terrence Crawford went right after the fight. Terrence Crawford said, <laughs> yeah, shit was basically, so basically said, be a fucking man, be a man in there. You got embarrassed. You fucking butt. That's basically what he said. Actually, let's see what he said. That's how you know uh, you're like boozed up watching the fight. You have like, you gotta be like, <laughs> you're just fired up. You're like, you know what? Like, it's crazy. Like if me or you did that, nobody would bat an eye, but the fucking world champs, like yo, you fucking stand up, stand on your morals, be a man, go out on your sword. You're like, holy shit, yeah. dude. He uh, he said he went out there, laid down, let Canelo spank him like he was his daddy with no type of resistance. He also had another tweet yeah. that I believe I believe he deleted, and then he had another one. He said, "Congratulations, Canelo, you made the so-called lion look like a baby cub." Um, I'm not gonna go that far. I don't think you know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, he didn't try," you know. What a bum! He was just in there to get paid, but like you know, he was he was two weight classes up, and I honestly think coming in at the weight he came in at, which was one sixty seven, pretty much the same weight as Canelo, was a big mistake. I think he should have came in a little closer to one sixty to keep that speed advantage. I don't. There was nothing he could do to have a you know to to mine that gap, uh, the, the strength gap. There was Canelo's bigger, stronger, and he always will be. He he bullied him in there. He got him in headlocks multiple times and was squeezing him. You know, kind of just just showing him. Listen, I'm the top dog. I'm the strongest person in here, and I'm gonna. This fight's gonna go how I want it. I'm gonna dictate the pace. Um, 
And the, the problem I always had with Charlo winning this fight, and I thought the line, the odds were kind of crazy. I mean, you know, we see wide boxing lines all the time. I thought Canelo should have been minus a thousand. Um, <clears throat> but the problem with Charlo is he he backs up too much. He backs up way too much. And it wasn't just the Castaño fight. It wasn't just the Tony Harrison fight. It was the Jason Rosario fight. Jason Rosario is not nearly as clever and tricky as Canelo. Canelo, what did he do early in the fight? Body, body, body. Threw big hooks to the body, trying to soften him up. And then he kind of just started – what he does a lot of times, he did the Callum Smith, and it really worked in that fight. He likes to hit you in the arm, the shoulder, the elbow, everywhere, uh, the chest even, to kind of get you to drop your hands and really just just to grind you out, to really just bully you and wear you down and be like, I'm the strong – I'm the bull in this fight, and I'm going to fucking chop you down. And if I can't hit you in the face right away, I'm going to go to the body. I'm going to go to the arms. I'm going to get you tired. I'm going to get your arms tired, and then I'm going to finish you. Uh, he didn't get the finish here, obviously, but – I don't think anybody really expected that. He did get a knockdown. Uh, Charlo took kind of the uh, the Miguel Cotto knee, if yeah. you will. You know, uh, Smart. It, it wasn't the it wasn't the punch that hurt him. It was like I, I can't take any more shots in this current uh, you know moment. Because he got but he got, back he got sniped with that right hand, and then he threw an uppercut right after, it, and you just saw him go. Oh, all right, uh, I'm gonna need to take a knee yeah. real quick. You're like, yeah, but um, he 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 was able to survive that round and the whole fight. Honestly, I was uh, kind of proud of him for being able to survive. I had a small play on. Canelo rounds 9 to 12. That didn't come to fruition. <clears throat> How many shots did Canelo land? Yeah, he landed 134 to 71. So, I mean, just not a not an active fight at all. Um, you know, 78 power shots, 56 jabs. So, Canelo mixed it up pretty well, pretty even attack. And then he won 119, 108, 118, 109, 118, 109. So, yeah. Um, I think what's next for Canelo, he should fight David Benavidez. I think that absolutely has to be next. Um, stay at 168. I don't think he should even think about fighting Demetri Bivol again, but he wants it for whatever reason. Yep. And uh, Jermell Charlo, I think, should absolutely stay at 154. Listen, I wouldn't be against the Terrence Crawford super fight at all, um, but I, I want to see him fight Tim Zhu, who fights this weekend, maybe next weekend. No, he fights this weekend against uh, Brian Mendoza. That's going to be a good fight. And uh, the winner of that obviously gets Jermel. And people have been saying, oh, Jermel's scared. He's scared of Tim Zhu. I'm like, is he? Because he just fought Canelo. So I don't really know how he's scared to fight Tim Zhu. You know, I don't, I don't really think that makes sense to me. But boxing fans, you know, <clears throat> they say uh, they say the darnest things, I guess you will. Yeah, they'll um, really just say whatever, man. Uh, that's That in MMA, as we know, <laughs> people just say shit. That's another mention farming fucking factory. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that's my uh, new Also kind of crazy that Canelo and Floyd was like 10 years ago. Absolutely insane. I saw him clapping him up. Uh, by the way, I do have that tweet. This is the one I saw that fucking cracked me up. <laughs> he I, he tweets at Charlo. goes, you went out sad. Didn't even try to win. All you did was try to survive. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> like, just absolutely uh, fucking. A little, yeah, a little too much, in my opinion. But, you know, the, the, the undisputed double champ says what he wants, right? It's boxing, the words man. Of McGregor. It's, um, yeah. It's, bo- boxers are a little bit... <laughs> MMA fighters get a lot of flack because I think they uh, there's more they speak to the media and they do interviews a lot more than boxers. Yeah, and they're not as coddled as boxers are. So you only notice Sean Strickland saying uh, he wants to kill somebody and eat their face. Um, but boxers, uh, you know, they're like the kings of head trauma and CTE. It's it's not MMA fighters, it's boxers, and they will say uh, anything. They will say anything. Connor Ben, <coughs> Connor Ben and his team, after failing dr- multiple drug tests. They um so 
before he failed uh, a big drug test a couple of years ago, he fought Chris Algieri and beat the shit out of him, knocked him out in the fifth round, fourth round. A month later, he, he pisses hot, tests test for <laughs> everything. I mean, his piss could burn a bridge. <laughs> burn through a fucking metal cup. Steel. Could burn through the, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever the fuck. And um, Chris Algieri, you know, a month after getting knocked out, was pissed, rightfully so. And um, I think they, they kind of, when, when did Connor Ben fight? I think he fought Friday night. And uh, Chris Algieri was supposed to be on the broadcast, and Connor Ben and his team had him removed because they feared that he would bring up his negative tests, which he said he wouldn't, wouldn't have done. But um, that's boxing. You know, they, they're scared. They're scared that somebody's going to talk, you know, truthfully about somebody who cheats. And Matchroom, uh, it's, that's um, Eddie, Hearn's, Eddie Hearn's group. They just have people tested hot. Left and right. I mean, yep. Robert Robert Hellenius, Dillian White, Alicia Bumgarner two weeks ago, Connor Benham, uh, however long ago, uh, Sokolowski, he tested hot. Amir Khan tested tested hot. Who else? And some of these guys don't even get in trouble. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, you know, the Nate Diaz famous quote, everybody's on steroids. That's, that's very true in boxing. And um, Chris Eubank, I think, tested hot once, so... You know those those British fellows. They don't they don't care. They'll take all the juice in the world. All you gotta so. do is look up one picture of Connor Ben, and you know what the deal is, man. I mean, that guy's a fucking <laughs> unit, man. For a boxer, yeah. it's insane to be looking like that. He's but. uh he, he's on he's on the the secret supplements, that's for sure. But it was a very good, very good main card. Canelo Charlie saw a lot of people complaining because it took a, lo- a while, but I mean, you I'd like, like it like that, honestly. Hey, three of the four fight. Yeah, I mean, it's better than having you know nobody you ever heard of. You, you know, do you want to wait till Midnight, or do you want to you know start at nine or eight and then watch up until then? We started off the main card. Mario Barrios upsetting Jordanus Ugas. I got that pick right. Um, I think he was like plus one eighty five. Mario Barrios was Jordanus Ugas still, I guess, not really recovered from the beating Errol Spence laid on him. His eye blew up once again. Uh, I think he's like thirty seven, thirty eight. He's probably done, Mister Ugas. Had a great career, especially as an amateur. But Mario Barrios with the upset, and it looks like Mario Barrios could get. It. Uh, Boots Ennis next, which uh, wouldn't go well for him, but would be a big money fight anyway. Uh, right after that, the 20-year-old Elijah Garcia with an emphatic eighth-round TKO over Armando Resendiz, who I had bet on. And uh, it was a war. It was an all-out war. They were fighting in a phone booth pretty much from, from the, the opening bell up until the eighth. That was an amazing fight, two young uh, middleweights. And then the, the co-main was just an absolute... You know, one of the worst scorecards I've seen ever. 117-111 for Erickson Lubin. He gets the unanimous victory over Jesus Ramos. <clears throat> Not sure how or why. Um, I had a parlay that all I needed was Jesus Ramos to win, and uh, I would have hit for like 150 and said I get I get fucked over. That's, um, that's fights, man. That's the fucking combat world, dude. That's, yeah, what it's, it's crazy how this keeps happening. So Patricia Morse-Jarman, uh, a female – who, um, if, if you remember correctly, C.J. Ross, Adelaide Bird, two of the worst uh, judges in boxing history with some of the worst scorecards in boxing history, also females. I'm just saying, Patricia Morse-Jarman is 76 years old, okay? Yeah, that's more of the she, problem than anything else. Yeah. She had it 117-111 Lubin when it easily was 116-112 Ramos, 115-113 maybe. There's no way, no way in hell Erickson Lubin won more than more than five rounds, let alone eight or nine. That was bad. And if you thought, you know, maybe it was just a one-time mistake, nope. 
Not at all. She had a 98-92 for Rancis Bartholomew in uh, one of his last fights. That was just an absolute joke. Should have been a draw. Um, she had a 96-94 Canelo <laughs> over Kayla Plant in a fight that Kayla Plant didn't even win a round, I don't think. She gave Nakatani two rounds against Lomachenko in a fight where he literally didn't win a minute of that fight. She didn't count a knockdown one time. She robbed Clay Collard one time, and she robbed J-Rock, uh, Julian J-Rock Williams, on the Laura Jared Hurd undercard. So she, she has a history of doing this. If you just search her name, you can go back to 2016, 2014 of people tweeting about how stupid and how awful her, uh, her scorecards are. So that's just another stain on boxing. Uh, that's, you know, the, the only good thing about MMA is that there's only five rounds for them to fuck up as opposed to 12 that they can just kind of finagle <laughs> around and just, met, yeah, you know. more finishes in MMA. So you know, yeah, exactly. don't go to the but um, uh, pretty much people, th- there's not that much uh, controversy on Twitter because uh, Jesus Ramos, uh, again, the nephew of April Ramos, kind of slowed down and kind of t- took his f- didn't, put, didn't put his foot on the gas. So a lot of people, w- when they see a fighter fight a little like disappointing, put on a little bit of a disappointing performance, one thing they like to do is completely ignore that fighter getting fucked over in a decision and by th- thus for saying, oh, well, he should have got the knockout. No, no, he should have won. The decision that he earned he doesn't did, matter yeah. if he you you can fight your B or C fight, but if you win eight to four, you win eight to four. It, it, it doesn't the other fighter doesn't get rounds because you were expected to do more. That's that's not how this works, you know. So very upsetting, go. very depressing, and oh. that's the state of boxing, baby. But uh, fucking pathetic. I got a, pathetic. I got a hard out, ladies and gentlemen. So the, you that's all you get is a, is an hour and thirteen minutes. Uh, I'm sorry. To everyone out there who wanted that hour 15. But, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the shoulder strikes. Oh, Jesus, it's not actually that. I was so used to it's after not. boxing. That's what we talked about. But it about. can be. But this is the Hot Take Hot Box, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Tiger Bone. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, go Irish. Go Notre Dame. Go Phillies. Go Eagles. Go Birds. And don't go Sixers. <laughs>